comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Uh, hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. All right, we are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is not here, but I have with me Mr. Alan Aguilera. Hello. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Uh, we are very much tired and very much exhausted, but this is part two of our, com- our 2014 San Diego Comic-Con recap. It is now Sunday morning. It is many hours later than our first one. We were when we were much livelier and younger and less experienced with the trials and tribulations of Comic-Con 2014. But we're going to make do and try to recap what happened in the last two days of Comic-Con since recording our epic part one podcast. And yeah, with that said, what did you start with on Friday, Alan Aguilera? I walked to the floor. Because um, on my way to the floor, I overheard that they were lining up for Hall H for Saturday. So first thing I did was then I went in. I walked over to Hall H. I, I saw that they, uh, they started lining up already. So I went to inform some people in our group um, what was going on. I had to run some errands with Cade and see some of my friends that were in town, and then um, we just walked the floor. I, you know, I took an autograph picture with RVD, which was fun. He's a professional wrestler. I uh, took a couple photos with the Suicide Girls. I went and uh, just took a look at some merchandise, and then I went over to the Hall H line around three o'clock, and I stayed there all night into the next day for Hall H on Saturday. So most of my Friday was Hall H. Just, just the line for yeah, Hall H. sitting in the space. Yeah. Yes. I guess we should recap what actually happened with the Hall H line this year. Basically, normally, we have the um, the Hall you have the Hall H experience where you basically line up fairly early, sometimes overnight. Like you start like later at night and into the you know into the morning before you actually get into the room, which is the, of course the biggest room in Comic Con, which has all like the huge major movie studio panels. This year, they tried something new where they had a wristband system in place. Where not only would you be lining up, but everyone that lines up, the first like I guess six thousand people, something like, that. something like that, gets wristbands indicating like where you were in line, which is a way of both tracking the number of people in line and preventing people from hopping into line with you later on in the day. So if you were waiting from like midnight, people can't just hop in with you at seven a.m. and be like, "Hey, we were here the whole time," or you know, "My hey, friends are here." Donuts. Exactly. Yeah. So this way, it would kind of prevent the cutting system. With that said, because of that. And because of everyone being aware of this ahead of time, that also meant everyone wanted to get one of these wristbands to be able to get into Hall H. So you'd have to – at this point, it started a line for the line for Hall H, which required, of course, as Alan described, lining up much earlier than you normally would just to make sure you got a wristband so you could be in the line so you can get inside Hall H. Um, it's an experimental idea. I'll be curious to see what the, what the data prove this year that will lead to what happens next year. Uh, but with that said, we'll get to Saturday, but we did all get into Hall H and fairly early. Um, as far as my Friday goes, um, I did a lot of TV stuff, uh, which I was pretty happy with. Actually, I did attend this thing called the Black Panel first, which um, featured a number of uh, black actors that are in, a lot in, in uh, various TV shows, such as Orlando Jones, who's currently on Sleepy Hollow and from Mad TV, of course, and um, G. August Richards, who was on Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. last season and was an angel a long time ago. And a number of other people like that. And that was an interesting panel. I was happy to be a part of that one. Then I went over to uh, the Venture Brothers panel, and that's always fun, mainly because they're funny guys that don't tell you anything about what's coming in the show because that'd be spoilers, but it's they're happy to hear. Yeah. It's been going on forever. Okay. It's like uh, it'll be in its sixth season, I think. Venture Brothers? Yeah, Venture Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, no, I dig Avenger. I mean, Adventure Time was after that, and that or it was before that, and that's seven seasons. That's apparently the longest cartoon network show in history. What Adventure Time? Adventure Time. That's the longest. In terms of like season, not like into, without like rebooting. Like I know, like Scooby Doo, like has rebooted oh, itself and whatnot. It, but yeah. in terms of like cart- an original Cartoon Network series that's continued to go, Adventure Time is like the longest in its history. Um, yeah, I was on the Adventure Time panel after that, or the Adventure Brothers panel. 
You sound very similar. Um, after that one, there was a panel for the show with uh, uh, Jack McBrayer from 30 Rock and Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. And apparently they're going to have a show together. Yeah, but it, the panel was hilarious. And I guess the idea of the show is that Jack McBrayer and Triumph used to be like on another show that was like a like a different strokes type show in like the eighties, except with Jack Brayer and Triumph as, as opposed to like Gary Coleman. You have Triumph and Soul Cop Talk. Um but it sounded pretty funny. But the panel was hilarious and very vulgar, especially for Comic Con where you're not technically supposed to be very vulgar because of the possible kids in the audience that didn't stop Triumph. No, it wasn't something. No. Um, after that I headed over way early because I wanted to get into the panels for Falling Skies and Sleepy Hollow because I figured those are popular shows so it's probably going to be trotted. wasn't because I got right in no line um, oh yeah nobody's seeing me but I'm looking at Aaron just shaking my head like, no, Sleepy know. Hollow could have been a crowded panel and it probably was by the time because I was already in there at that point but I know yeah, except you know out of the 100,000 people, 50,000 of them were in line for all ages. True. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's true as well. You're not even much exaggerating there. There's like 24, for a room that holds 6,000 people, 24,000 people were in that line. I'm such, I'm burying this Hall H line lead because I want to talk about my Friday. <laughs> but so yeah, I did end up going to see the Falling Skies and Sleepy Hollow panel. Of course, I'm a fan of both of the shows I write about, Falling Skies for the youngfolks.com. I do the Icapod Crane cast with Brandon and Maxwell for another podcast for Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, I had no idea you watched Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> um, so I did those panels and then yeah then I headed over and got in line for Hall H with all you guys we had like 20 people in a line at this point um, at that point yeah we had like I yeah. think we had 18 total yeah um, so yeah we were waiting out for a while we got all the wristband stuff and like they kind of filtered the line into the like one, basically once the Hall H panel for the for Friday ended they then moved everyone that was in the line for for the Hall H line into said line so they get there's like a whole tent system set up near hall h for like the first several i guess thousand people um so they moved they kind of ushered all of them in basically let them set up their camping spots for the night because that's where they were going to be mm-hmm. and i guess the announcement this year was made that you can if you're if you have a wristband or whatnot you have to stay in line too you can't like not camp out overnight not that that was really being enforced no, necessarily it was no that was weird we've been announcing it exactly but I guess it was it's still a way to encourage people to kind of stay in line and camp out. I mean, I stayed. I was in line from three o'clock all the way until uh, like seven forty-five, and I only left for like half hour. I don't know. I don't know. That was a long day. So yeah. Anyway, lots of ins and outs, and eventually we just, you know, we made it. We made it through the night. That's the best. That's the best way to go. In the morning. A lot of us took turns kind of going back, taking our stuff back, taking our sleeping bags and whatnot back, just so we'd have all our stuff kind of away so we can come back over and then go into Hall H. So let's just get into Hall H now. Okay. So, got Wait, it. didn't you have a party on Saturday or Friday night? Do I need to go into Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, I did. I went to, I, I went to the, uh, the Nerd HQ Nerd Machine party, uh, which was fun. There were people there. I said I saluted Nathan Philly and called him Captain at one point. It was fun. Anyway, I danced a lot. I yes, okay. I did a lot of dancing. Did too much dancing because I got back at like two thirty, which led to me only having like an hour and a half of sleep. Um, but whatever. Okay, Hall H. We got inside. We're among the first several, couple hundred people people to get inside Hall H. Yay! Got spots. You got good spot. You got you got plenty of leg room for your entire yeah. day stay in Hall yeah. H. I got my spot. The rest of our people in our place that we're staying, they all got spots. We're all good. What was the first panel, Alan? Um, it was the Warner Brothers panel, and it was they started off with a with a bang because they opened it up. Um, in past years, they had the main screen right at the front for Warner Brothers. Then they extended the sides to the left and right. They kind of added two more screens, but this year. They added, they extended those, so it kind of wrapped around almost a third of the hall, which mm-hmm. was really cool. And they opened it up with a bang because Chris Hardwick came out; he was moderating, dressed as Marty McFly, yes, and introduced uh, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder comes out, does his thing, does his thing, uh, says he has a little bit of footage and a lot, and they showed um, Batman in his Dark Knight Returns armor. Uh, ripping off a tarp, revealing the bats, the bat symbol, yeah, bat symbol, and pans up. You see rain, but you see the symbol, the lightning, and then you see Superman standing in the middle, or floating in the middle of it. And they are staring each other down, and they both look really pissed. 
and Batman, Superman's eyes light up with his laser vision, and Batman, yeah, Batfleck's just like, I'm really angry at you for some reason. <laughs> yeah, then everybody, like, the hall blows up. Like, everybody's like, oh my god, that's exciting. Title appears on screen, Batman v Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice. Mm-hmm. Not just there's... Batman slash Superman. No. Batman v Superman. But that Batman slash fiction for Superman, that'd be something. Mm. Probably is something. Probably. Mm. Not gonna be, it yeah. is. It's been around for I'm years. sure it will be. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then he... 50 Zach Shades Snyder, of Krypton. Yeah, 50 Shades of Krypton. <laughs> and then Zack Snyder brings out Ben Affleck and her camel and uh, Gail Gadot. And then they revealed that uh, photo of her as Wonder Woman. Yeah, they had... They, so basically, with the... Yeah, you have the main screen in Hallway where you watch everything, but they have the two side panels, and this year they're extended way long, and usually they have stuff on those panels. And they showed a lot of like storyboard stuff from Batman Superman too, and like kind of the intro to Zack Snyder, they were bringing that... And we were, of course, told that like this wasn't going to be here, which I think we all kind of assumed we were going to see Batman Superman anyway. And but the weird thing was, yeah, after that they like they did really like nothing. They, they showed that footage. They showed like the panels on the side that had like the Superman image and the Batman image that you already saw, and then the Wonder Woman one, which was new. They didn't play that up at all. Like they didn't really emphasize that. No. And then yeah, and then Batman, and then Ben Affleck, Andrew Cavill, and Gal Gadot come out. And it's like, they just waved. I don't think Ben Affleck said anything. <laughs> I don't, none of them said like anything at all. They're just like, wow, we flew this way to, to do this motion, to do a waving motion. And now we're leaving. We're bo- goodbye. <laughs> that was the extent of that. And Ben Affleck just looked really awkward for a second. I don't know, it's just weird. He's like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's been a while since the Goodwill hunting panel, so yeah, he's not used right. to Comic-Con anymore. No, Mallrats. Mallrats is way different. The Mallrats panel. <laughs> um... So he did that, and then they went into Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. They showed some footage. They didn't bring out the Wachowski siblings. They didn't bring out anybody. Just Jane Tatum came out. That's all, you, that's all you really need. Yeah. He came out, and I think him and like Chris Hardwick were having moments. It was really nice. Then they showed a good chunk of footage, since the movie's almost done anyway. Um, yeah, they showed like a really extended trailer, basically. Yeah, it was like, what, eight, nine minutes? It was something. It was long. It was long. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um not much after that, and then they went into what a lot of people are calling the winner of the con, the Mad Max footage. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree. <laughs> yeah, it looked sick. Yeah, they um, showed first. They, they showed a sizzle reel of like Matt, of the original Mad Max trilogy first, which was fun because it's like being projected on a giant screen. And I'm, yeah. I'm a big Mad Max fan. Like I love that series quite a bit, especially the Road. I think the Road Warrior in particular is one of the best like pure action films ever made. So it's like seeing like Mad Max being projected in front of six thousand people. It's like people want to people need to go see these movies. Yeah. <laughs> that's my that's my main thought right there. But, uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, I was into that. Because they, they came out with George Miller, who did the first the first trilogy. George, George Miller of Mad Max, Babe, and Happy Feet fame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One and two. One and two. Um, so they all are doing the thing. I'm sorry. They, he comes out. They do this as a real. He talks about the film, talks about the film, and then they show footage. And holy balls. Um, it looks really expensive. Uh, Tom Hardy had a mask on, so I kept thinking about Bane. But... Um, I don't really know how to describe it. It's just it. It was like a it was like a series of escalations of the situation. Like you get an idea, like it gives you an idea of who Max is because he just shows him in this wasteland. Then he then like then he starts then he drives away. There's a bunch of cars driving after him, and then he gets captured, and then people are torturing him, and then he gets like drawn into this big chase thing, and then Charlie Theron's around with a bald head, and <laughs> and then there's you like know, I love my I love my Charlie's uh, shaved. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mac is like being strung along in this chase while they're chasing after Charlie's there. And then they're driving next to this giant sandstorm that's something like you've never seen before. And then Mad Max is like fighting on top of a car while riding next to a giant sandstorm. It was just like all this stuff that's happening. Yet it still felt like a it still felt like a Mad Max movie, just like this this expanded budgeted world. And it looked like unique and weird and different and it just it was it was like it was all I didn't expect that I wanted from the new Mad Max movie, which I was already kind of excited about because like George Miller's making another movie in his franchise with like today's you know world of effects and whatnot, a man that works very well with practical effects, which he still seems to be doing. He's just incorporating the look of this this Australian deserted apocalyptic world. That's cool. I was very happy about that. Um, I th- yeah, like. It- this isn't a knock at anything at all for either movie because I like both. But it looked like Waterworld with sand. Yeah, that's a way to put it. Yes. Yeah. And but yeah, especially because you can get. I mean, you can get that kind of. 
Okay, Water World is just his road warrior of water. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> but um, you get the sense that like even the first Bad Bat, you can obviously get it because it's Australia. So there's not much. It's easy to make it look apocalyptic because there's nothing fucking there anyway. Water World is pretty similar too because it's like we'll just shoot on the water and then we're good. And this one is just like wow, they did that and then added like giant sandstorms. They made it look like Dune. Like it's crazy. And yeah, it was that was impressive stuff. That was that was a good panel. And then the coup de grace for them, I guess, was the Hobbit panel because people went. Crazy. Coup de gras slash like longest hour <laughs> so far because that was they gave a whole hour to the Hobbit which is cool it's fine I get it it's the last one I think I think it's more just because the only so like like Peter Jackson's always like fun he's a fun guy Andy Serkis I can listen to for hours everyone else is like yeah some of them are having more fun than others and eventually just became dick jokes like that was the panel I have no problem with dick jokes clearly right. I've been on the podcast enough you should know these things I know um, it was cool it was weird because they were doing like this big scissorial of all the movies before the Battle of the Five Armies, uh, which is the new Hobbit film. And um, there were people behind me that were openly bawling. <laughs> like, just bawling. And it was it was weird. Because I was like, oh, what's happening? Are you sad? Oh, you are sad. <laughs> okay. Like, they went through so much. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Oh, all right, fuck, man. All right. Um, I mean, it was cool. Benny Cumberbatch charming everybody was really charming on that stage we haven't we've buried the lead on this one too Stephen Colbert was moderating this panel Stephen Colbert I'll try I'll get into this while you rest your voice for a second because you're dying over here (laughs) Um, Stephen Colbert who has a cameo in the in Desolation of Smaug he and his family he plays the one-eyed Lake Town snitch spy person who's like sitting there yeah He's like wearing a disguise, and he like he's, he's a featured extra. He's a featured movie. extra, yeah. But it's Stephen Colbert. He's a, he's obviously a huge Tolkien Dude, fan. Like so if you didn't know that before, just by watching kind of what he does on Colbert Report and how he talks about Tolkien, Comic Con definitely proved to you that he's a huge <laughs> Tolkien fan. And so he was moderating this panel, which was hilarious. He gave this whole like very Stephen Colbert introduction to the panel, uh, and then yeah, he was obviously asking questions to everybody, and it was just all it was all like, for. As far as moderators go, that was a cool one that I was not yeah. expecting. And he was dressed up in full garb, oh, too. Yeah, he was, he was decked out in Hobbit gear. Or in, uh, or in Lake Town gear. Um, and apparently he's a super nerd because he beat the producer in Tolkien knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> and then at one point he recited an entire poem. Uh, that was cool. I don't know what the poem was, but um, it was nice. Yeah. Um, and um, it was a solid... Uh, it was very... It was. It felt like a long panel to me, mainly because it's just I'm not crazy into these Hobbit movies. Um, but at the same time, you know, I mean, you need to have like a good chunk of the cast on stage and Phil Peter Jackson. And when you have Peter Jackson, and Andy Serkis, like I'm happy right there. Yeah. You have everybody else, like that's cool too. Yeah. Orlando Bloom and Evangeline Lilly and Elijah Wood, who Stephen Colbert kept joking was ageless. He um, is, bro. Yeah, <laughs> he's like the next like Keanu Reeves and Nicholas Cage. He, age. Wood don't crack. Wood don't crack. <laughs> wood don't crack. Um, and weed not crack. I think that's another that's another message that people like to spend. It's crack's dangerous, and weed's like whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, no drugs out now. Fair any quotes. Oh yeah, please don't. Yeah. I don't uh, no. yeah. I'm straight edge except for booze. Yeah. Good thing. I'm glad we, I'm glad we, we we delved into our segment. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Presented by Out Now Fair today. Don't do drugs. It's just expensive. Yeah. All right, that was "Don't Do Drugs" out now, Thursday yeah. style. Um, <laughs> I love that. That's that's one of my favorite uh, sub shows in the show. Um, yeah, long panel. They showed the uh, teaser trailer for uh, Hobbit: Battle of Five Armies. Uh, what I, I I dug that trailer. I um, again, not being like crazy in these hot movies, they know how to set the tone for these trailers, and they had the they chose they made a good song choice. I'm figuring this trailer will probably pop up in the next couple of days or something, so I'm not gonna re- I'm not gonna reveal what have of this trailer. But I mean, you get you obviously you see what's going on now, and you get some there's some cool stuff in there that I enjoyed seeing. It excites me. Like bows and shit. Yeah, and and reasons to not go back to Lake Town, such beyond the fact that it's just a really boring place to be, as I found out in the seventh hour of Desolation of Smoke. It's just like it's gonna get messed up too. <laughs> so, uh, moving on, what happened after that? Um, the longest hour of my life during college was a legendary panel. Not because the footage and stuff that they had wasn't awesome. I just was not in the moderator. Who was it? Jessica Chobot? Jessica Chobot, uh, formerly of IGN, now of Nerdist fame, who does very competently online. She does a lot of on-camera web hosting. 
various interviews and stuff, and I'd have to chalk it up to the fact that she was just really nervous to be in front of Hall H, front of like 66,000 people or whatnot. But yeah, she did a terrible job moderating the Legendary panel. Well, my problem wasn't her nerves, it was her her enthusiasm felt forced. I think that's because of nerves, though. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen her a lot in interviews. Like, she's, like, she's a good interviewer, and she's a good uh, what, like on-camera personality, but I think it's just the scope of this kind of thing was something different. Um, I guess, but that was my problem with her. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, <laughs> it's not a matter of... It's not like I hate her an hour or something, but I mean, it still wasn't a well-moderated panel. Well, I agree I, with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> like, if this is what Legendary is doing with Universal, man, I don't, want, I don't want to mess with it. What was the first thing that... I don't even remember. What was the first thing they showed? Um, Godzilla? Yeah, that's right, Godzilla. Yeah, they had they so it was Jessica Chobot and Thomas Toll. Thomas Toll Lovelet, okay. who's the like the the, the like head honcho with Ted. Where's Thomas Toll? Because he wanted to fit in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, they introduced uh, Gareth Edwards. That's right, right. There's so many Gareths. Um, Gareth Edwards did a video talking about Godzilla, in San Francisco, making a smaller film when it's Star Wars. It's the Star Wars spinoff. Yeah. Um, and he was just saying it was like a PSA for the Godzilla thing. Uh, he was thanking us that we made Godzilla because because Comic Con was where Godzilla you know started essentially for the re, the reboot the re reimagining that's where it came up first. Uh, they so he came in thanking everyone for making it a success and that they're going to do a Godzilla two, and so they showed kind of a, a montage a sizzle reel of like uh, what a classified kind of footage that kind of thing that you know yeah. f- pseudo classified footage and announced the next monsters that they want to have going on which is Mothra Rodan and Ghidorah. Uh, very classic Godzilla monsters, and they're all going to be featured in Godzilla 2, still stomping. And um, that was the idea of that. And then, yeah, they showed Godzilla, and he said, thank you, by roaring super loud. It was great. Let them fight. Let them fight. Hashtag let them fight. Should be, <laughs> that should be the tagline. That's for, all you need to do for marketing. Yeah, yeah let them fight. Um, so well, after that was Crimson Peak? Maybe. <laughs> just, I really don't no, it was Michael Mann. Oh, yeah. I want to get food. Because he started talking about like '90s cyber and all the cyber. Regard, okay, so Mike, I'll go in. I was there. <laughs> Michael, Michael Mann came out. Michael Mann of, of Heat and Collateral, Last of the Mohicans. And now he's doing the Net reboot. Yeah, he's doing. He's making a cyber thriller about Chris Hemsworth playing a master hacker slash a guy that looks like Chris Hemsworth, so he can punch his way through things and stuff. Um, he just hacks and slashes. He doesn't. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Put his glasses on him and make him look no. His brother's the hacker, not him. He 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 was he stars in Gauntlet Legends slash the Net. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the basic gist of this is that Michael Mann came out and that's great for Michael Mann, but I don't know how enthusiastic Comic Con would be for him. And then Chris Hemsworth came out and obviously the enthusiasm raised, but then they showed footage and it just looked like a very generic action thriller that has kind of like technology beats. It could be a good movie, but at the same time, they did their best to make it look like the most generic Michael Mann movie possible, which is a shame because I'm a big Michael Mann fan, so if it's good, sure, but if Comic-Con was the place to prove it, that was not the place. The movie's called Black Hat, by the way, we should probably mention these things. Black Hat was the movie, and that was that. Um, that was What I was very happy with Legendary was the fact that they didn't like trot out Seventh Seal again. Yeah, Given that uh, that movie's been delayed for like two years now with Jeff Bridges, that movie. No, it comes out next January apparently, uh, and I was really worried I was going to have to sit through like another half an hour of Jeff Bridges like talking about how interested he was in this when he clearly isn't. Uh, so yeah, no Seven Seal stuff. Uh, but after the um, Black Hat stuff, what happened then? What, uh, what then it was Crimson Peak. Then it was Crimson Peak. No, 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 no. No, it wasn't. So below, as above. So below, so as above, so below, which was basically a found footage uh, crypt movie where a team of explorers go underneath Paris, the likely place that you'd find... It's the Descent in Paris. It's the Descent in Paris, mixed with some um, Event Horizon, I guess is the best way to put it. Dude, yeah, no, that's, good, it was, that's a good pull. It was based on kind of like people seeing things from their past that frightened them in the the, the canals beneath Paris. I'll watch it. Shot found footage style. Yeah, I mean, it... it I could see why it'd be a Comic Con, that's for sure. It fit there more than Black Hat with Michael Mann. Um, but it was, it was a mix. It's like you're seeing the stuff is like, okay, Michael Mann and some found footage movie. I don't know about all this, but whatever. Uh, moving on. Then with, then Guillermo del Toro came out. Is that safe to say? Yeah, Are we there? I just, I just wanted to get to the best part of the. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my opinion is that Crimson Pink was a con for me because I'm stupid excited for that movie now. <laughs> I just really want to watch it. Yeah, so basically Guillermo del Toro comes out. He unleashes a flurry of F-bombs because he's Guillermo del Toro and he's cool like that. 
Besides that, he's cool. It's just the way he presents himself and the way he presents that guy, his his own style of his accent and his dialogue. It's just always entertaining. He yeah, understand he understand and he understands the crowd that he's talking to. He doesn't like kind of he doesn't try to butter you up for footage. He's just like like so. Let's get to the effing thing. Let's do this. I'm not gonna show you a piece. I'm gonna show you this thing that I put together for God like. Yeah. And so what Crimson Peak is? It's like this. He's Vic- genuine. He's, he's very genuine, very much so, because he's very much a geek. He, yeah. Yeah, it's very clear. So what he's doing with Crimson Peak is basically a, a Victorian-era gothic horror film. And it stars Mia Wasikowska, Jessica Chastain, and Tom Hiddleston. And uh, Charlie Hunnam. And Charlie Hunnam, yes. Charlie, Charlie Hunnam, my, my old Jewish Beverly Hills friend, Charlie Hunnam. Um, he, he showed there was very little shown of like what's going on in the movie. It was just more of a tone and mood piece, which is fine. Especially because Guillermo del Toro is made very aware that the movie is going to be very brutal very violent mixed with you know the, the these very very good actors but Jessica Chastain and Tom Hiddleston alone that's just a great cast right there uh, and uh, yeah it uh it certainly set me up it set me up to be very excited for uh, next year with the tour do we know when this is coming out I guess it's next year at some uh, point next December October or something like that it's, it's probably, probably it's, next year it's, yeah. a comic, it's more than a comic con away yeah more than a comic con away good so next comic con oh you know it's gonna be like a full length next comic con will have footage for both this and Pacific Rim 2 I guess and Hellboy 3 and Hellboy 3 so that was another thing he did though um, after he showed the footage he wanted to get he wanted to gauge audience response on two projects he might be working on so he asked Hellboy 3 and everyone cheered like crazy banana people I don't know what those are and then he asked about Mountains of Madness and everyone cheered for that as well now that said as cool as it is for him to like have Universal here the screaming fans and thousands it makes no goddamn difference like, like <laughs> if Guillermo del Toro is like who wants me to read the Sunday funnies right now like they would have yes. cheered right all <laughs> like, is, is like placing your bets that you're gonna get a good reaction unless it's utter garbage yeah it's gotta be yeah. very crazy unless it's like the eye which is the most negative response I've heard in a movie yeah. oh, no, no no one of the Resident Evil movies yeah yeah that was the Eye. That's a good. That's a, the Jessica Alba remake movie. That was one? Alba. No, some, no, no. Which, oh no, not that one. It was one with Edward Burns, though. Edward Burns. He was in a movie. It was like a while ago. The the the, the sound of a, the Bullets McMullen. Yes. Thank you. I know. Yeah, they got that Ed Burns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like what movie? The Sound of Thunder. Like what movie no, would it be there no, for? If that's no, a Comic Con. And then the girl from A Night's Tale. The Shannon Sossaman. Yeah, Shannon Sossaman. Sossaman. And Shannon Sossaman was just. Not into it, and then the crowd turned, and it was funny. What movie was Edward Burns? What was that? Um, oh my god, you, you figured that out. Um, we'll, we'll try. We'll play. We'll, anyway. we'll do. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to our bit. Burns on Burns burning memories. Um, <laughs> moving on. Was that the last thing before the 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 one surprise of Legendary? Was was that the last thing before it? I don't remember. I think. So. I think because that's. That's like four movies. It's like four it's movies, right? Yeah, it's, it's only an hour. hour. Okay, so the last thing they presented was a, a surprise, which we were not aware of. It basically starts with like a shot through some waters, some narration going on. It's rainy and dark and stormy. We go through like a bunch of waves and stuff. We get to an island. A tropical island. A tropical island. Now, apparently, Alan was upset by this, by the reveal of what this is going to be, because he thought this was going to be Jurassic World, which yeah, is currently filming right now. And it's getting co-produced with Universal and Legendary Pictures. Which I was not aware of, so I didn't even know what the hell was going on. I was just like, all right, what, what genre movie is this that I forgot about? And uh, One missed call. It was one missed call. One missed call. Wow, yeah. Shana Sasama? Yeah, because I remember, because she just wasn't into it. Actually, anyway. Yeah, but one miscalls the movie that didn't turn out. Very this well. concludes burning memories with Edward yeah. Burns. Um, so moving on, Alan, you were convinced that Jurassic World was going to be presented. I didn't realize it was a legendary thing, but yeah. Yeah, I guess it makes sense now. Um, it wasn't Jurassic oh, World. Oh no! Um, I was pissed. Apparently, I was so angry. What? Like, are you really excited for Jurassic World? Like, yeah, this is a, I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. I even like Part Three. I like Part Three's better than Part Two. Jesus. Yeah, but Part Two had some cool stuff. Uh, that, that's the Fallout Chamber. <laughs> um, no, I just was really. Into, I just, I just like, yeah. I'm glad. Okay, Jessica good. It, and I was really excited. It's got a great it. Jessica Chastain's in it. It's got a good guy. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. Jessica Chastain's making those Universal bucks. <laughs> Stacking paper. Stacking um, paper. Yeah, just... making those monster sized money. But there was well, there's two things. It, yeah, like, and then they kind of cut, and I'm like, oh, there's like a big wall. It looks like torches. That's weird. Like, it looks like the wall for Jurassic Park. Okay, we're cool. And then, oh, yeah, so birds. The, yeah, so we're zooming through the island at this point. Yeah. This, this very quick clip of what's going to happen. And the PCB is like, why are they read? Why they were? They were. Someone was an actor was reciting lines from 
something. Something. Because yeah, I, I, I was like, this I, sounds familiar, but I don't know what it is. So they're going through the island, and there's birds coming out, and then there's monkeys swinging in the trees. I'm like, that, that's weird. That's not, that's not from the Jurassic period. But I'll go with it. And then they start, you start hearing like a... Like they're walking through. Yeah, stomping. And then you pan up and went, oh, oh it's going to be T-Rex. Oh, it's going to be Rexy. And it's a big King Kong pounding his chest. Yeah. And I was... And then it cuts to the title, Skull Island. So we're getting to pre... We're people getting... were like excited. I, don't, I couldn't gauge it because my disappointment... Maybe. Well, it was a weird mix because we didn't know what was happening. No direct, there was no director announced for this no, thing. The pre- the, there was a press release that came out right after this online for everyone to post about, which was that it's going to be a prequel to the King Kong movies focused on Kong and just like his life there. Now, to me, the, I like that idea. It interests me. I get that you're upset about the fact that there is no Jurassic World, but um, the concept of a, a, a movie based around Skull Island, I think is interesting. I'm a huge King Kong fan, and I, I, I like that idea. I'll be curious to see where that goes, but yeah, if you're disappointed by not seeing something else, and you're disappointed. Uh, with that said, though, the idea of Legendary co-producing both a King Kong-based movie and a Godzilla-based movie means that we could possibly get a King Kong versus Godzilla movie in the It'll future. It'll end in three minutes, because Godzilla will beat the crap out of King Kong. King Kong's only 28, maybe 30 feet tall, and Godzilla's I the height of the world. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, 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 those, maybe those trees are bigger than we thought they seemed, perhaps. Maybe Godzilla was Whatever. Maybe there's a bunch of Godzilla. It's not Jurassic Park. Maybe there's a bunch of King Kongs. You know what? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Godzilla goes to Jurassic World and just like, oh, hey, my family. And it turns into like Christmas with the Cranks, but with Godzilla. Yeah, maybe it's like, maybe That'd it's, maybe it's real. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's really um, Kong v. Godzilla colon Dawn of Skull Island and they team up together eventually and they have to fight like something else that's even crazier I don't even know what that would be at this point but something Mecha Godzilla anyway yeah so there's there's gonna be a Skull Island movie Uh, nothing else announced beyond the fact that they have a Skull Island movie uh, which was a little bit weird but that concluded the legendary panel wait no what what did we miss Warcraft (laughs) we missed Warcraft of course we did. Oh, I knew there was something. Yeah, before the Skull Island thing happened. Was yeah, what, yeah. That, that'll play our, 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 our my other favorite part of the show. Rewinding and catching up. Uh, so, we, we did get some Warcraft stuff. So, uh, Garrett, Duncan Jones. Yeah. <laughs> there's Gareth and there's a Duncan. And I confuse all of them together. Yeah. Duncan Jones, son of David Bowie, director of Moon, which Abe and I and pretty much a gentleman that's seen Moon would recommend heartily because it's an amazing Sam Rockwell film. Um, and, so, and source code director. I like source code. Um, Duncan Jones comes out and explains how, like, hey, we're a little farther along. We finished shooting, and now we have. Some, it's going to obviously take a long time because it's very CG based to do a movie based on Warcraft. And then they showed a trailer. Now, I guess you were not as big of a fan of this trailer. I would say I was at least convinced to go to see what was going on. But basically, they showed they showed footage of both a man and an or- orc. Was it an orc? Sure. Sure. I think so. Okay. They showed they showed a movie footage of a man and an orc, and they're we saw both sides. Then they're posh British accent. They're both narrating their side of the where they're coming from in terms of having to go to war, even though they probably didn't really want to. And so we saw the man stuff, and then we saw the orc stuff, and they both. I mean, it looked fine to me. It looked it looked impressive enough. Yeah, fine. It looks fine. It shouldn't have been fine. It's a big expensive movie with a big big. It didn't look that much different than their commercials for their game. So, I mean, obviously you have the live action element, but with, I mean, it didn't look that, it didn't, whatever, it looks, whatever. But I, I think I, they're going for a tone with this one. That's what I saw it as. They're going with like an idea of what this movie's going to be. Like last year, they gave us footage of just like, which was pretty cool actually. The last year footage, yeah, it was like a first person perspective of a man looking at this thing. You got the perspective of something looking at this guy, and uh, and the guy was kind of circling him, and like he had this kind of like starting up a fight thing going on and it was like a cool like it was a cool um what's that term kind of proof of idea proof of con- proof of concept for like a warcraft movie and this year they have more to go on but i like the if they can put like i am I, i'm not connected to the warcraft franchise at all like i have no connection to the series but if they can pull off something of a of, of seeing two sides of the or whatever however many sides of like these kind of battles and showing us both perspectives while also being like this engaging really colorful expensive looking cg animated affair i think i mean i think that's neat that's neat to me i mean we're still gonna watch it that (laughs) wasn't anything that's like dude warcraft though i mean we forgot about it when we were talking about yeah i mean footage wise sure it wasn't like the most impressive thing i saw but in terms of like the concept i get what they're going for and i that 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 interested me that turned me just like goosebumps it turned me from having no interest to having some interest So, so now we're moving on we're going away from legendary 
Yeah, that was rewinding and catching up. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, what was the next thing after legendary? First, box we got it. We, we got a break. Was it box trolls? Yeah, it was box trolls, and it was the two other ones. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, so yeah, we got a box trolls panel. Um, I was already sold on box trolls yeah, before the panel. I mean, there's not much to go into beyond the fact that yeah, like a like, and of course, people that are fans of this show know that Abe and I are huge fans of Paranorman, which is the previous like movie. This is the new one. It has. It was in all of our top tens that year. Yeah, pretty sure it has uh, the lead. The lead voice performance in Box Trolls is um, the the actor the Brand, Brand, um, Brand from Game of Thrones, Bran Stark. D-O-D. Yeah, um, it also stars uh, L. Fanning and Sir Ben Kingsley, both making their like all three of them. I think making their maybe L. Fanning not. No, 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 no. Bran was Bran was obvious. Yeah, obviously, but the the other two making their like Comic Con debuts, Sir Ben Kingsley Comic Con, um, and yeah, they were talking about the movie. They showed a whole reel. Of like of like the construction of the movie because they're always handcrafted and whatnot, so it's very delicate. And I mean, yeah, it's fine. It looks good. It's but like we were sold on it already. Yeah, it's not. It's not like the, it's like the pan. That said, I mean, if you're gonna put something like this in front of six thousand people, good for box trolls because hopefully that makes it you know. Yeah, be a success. there's an entire hour devoted to the box trolls. Yeah. yeah. So it was like forty five minutes. It was like an hour. It was longer than I thought it would be, but I, like I was over it because I already wanted to see it. Yeah. Because because. Like, with me, it's like some of these movies that come out, like, in two weeks, it's just, I don't care. Like, I'll just go see it. Like, when they had, I remember one year when they had Salt on the panel on yeah. Thursday, and it came out that Friday. I thought that was weird. But, what are you going to do? Anyway. I mean, Hercules came out himself to, to announce the movie yeah, starting in a couple yeah. hours. <laughs> um, so after, yeah, it's like, I don't know. After Box Trolls was uh, Sin City? Yeah, okay, Sin City panel. Sin City, Dan to Dan Kill For, uh, Robert, Robert Rodriguez, The Bones of Frank Miller, uh, Rosario oh, Dawson, uh, Josh Brolin, and Jessica Alba all came out to talk about Sin City. They showed, a, they showed footage of, uh, of Marv uh, doing his thing based on the book, uh, uh, One, one uh, Long Saturday Night. Yeah. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big Sin City fan. We haven't talked about Sin City much on this podcast just because we haven't had a Sin City movie in 10 years until now. So, yeah. But I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of that film. And uh, so seeing like Marv back in action, even though he looks very noticeably older, by the way, he looks a lot puffier than the old Marv from 10 years ago. Um, <clears throat> he, uh, he was doing his thing, and it's cool. It's cool to see Marv back in action in Sin City. That said, the promise of having more Jessica Alba does not excite me because I thought she was kind of the worst part of the first Sin City film. That said, it's been 10 years, and I do think I've seen her be stronger as an actress since then, so hopefully she can be better in this movie. She was certainly talking a lot. Uh, yeah. Pomona uh, is just Alba. Yeah. Uh, she grew up a city away from me. Um, I already, yeah, once again, another movie I already want to see, and just more Ava Green in my life, and I'll be happy. I was upset that Ava Green wasn't there. She, she oh, so, so was I. All she's done is, she's been just ushering boys into puberty for the past year with 300 and Penny Dreadful and now 300. Like, it's been, in the course of one movie, she just uh, made me a boy and then made me a man in multiple times. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Frank, Miller. Frank Miller. He's so old. Uh, and... Uh, and I know a lot of people are kind of mixed on his views on things. Some people just want to praise him for his comics, but others are more aware of how outspoken he is about certain things and his politics and whatnot. And it's <laughs> what a, my joke was that Frank Miller. It turns out that he's actually one of the box trolls. That, that's what I thought. Of. But um, yeah, it was. I mean, I like seeing Robert Rodriguez. It's weird that Frank Miller wears his hats now, but um, we'll just move on from there. They have a hat closet. They have a hat closet. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the next panel, which I think was probably the most interesting panel and insightful. This was the women who kick ass panel. I do enjoy that. Uh, this is this panel happened. Every year, actually. This panel happened um, in Hall H, I believe, for the first time last year. I think it's it's happened before. I, I'm uh, pretty sure last year in Hall H was the first time, at least. I think the year before. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I remember seeing it. I know I, I missed Hall H like a couple years ago, like when they had Prometheus stuff. Maybe it was that year or whatnot. But um, this year, so this year, regardless. Uh, they the, the the panel basically it's an entertainment weekly presents women who kick ass and they bring out a, a bunch of female actresses from popular TV series and they just talk about kind of women in pop culture media. Um, so they had Katie Seagal from Tons of Anarchy, Sarah Paulson from American Horror Story. This is where I try to remember every single one of these people. Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black, Nicole Bahari from Sleepy Hollow, uh, Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones, and Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones. 
pretty sure that's all of them. Yeah, it is. Um, and this was I like this panel a lot. I always like this it's panel. a great panel because it's just, it's it's not focused on like talking about what's coming up on their series. It's just focused on them talking as actresses in Hollywood what it's like to be an actress in Hollywood currently, and they go over things that frustrate them, things that excite them, things that they're just fans of in general. And but the winner of the like this is a strong panel. There's a lot of great actresses. They're all saying very good things. The winner of this panel though is clearly Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones. She had things to say that she were just she's feisty, but she had such a way of talking about things that made you just excited to hear from what she she like has she likes she talked like the it's the accent, it's her face, it's the way that the way she talks the way she talks. Yeah. And apparently the popular thing for actresses is to shave like side of their head and, 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 and like braid it. Um, good for her. But she she seems like a, like one of the more charismatic politicians that have. To be an actress like that's the impression that I got like she could be queen in Westeros she could be the queen in Westeros and I wouldn't bat an eye because like finally so we got someone that you know knows how to handle things here but it, uh, yeah for being like these clearly like 12 13 14 maybe yeah she's like 15 okay but I mean she's clearly the youngest but she knows how to hold she knows how to conduct herself in this kind of atmosphere at this point exactly yeah so don't mess with the Westeros folk um, and then I, I mean, I love Tatiana Maslany, and I'm obviously a big Sleepy Hollow fan with Nicole Bahari, and I they're like all fantastic. they're all fantastic. Like, yeah, it's just me praising every one of them. Casey Gall, the veteran actors here, who's just wonderful on stage. Like, it, yeah, that was just that was just a good panel. That was really yeah, interesting. Yeah. You guys, I, like, it's weird. I get re- that's the panel that I enjoy the most, but it's the one I get upset with the most too. Not necessarily with the panel, but what asshole misogynistic motherfucking dudes in our audience start saying, like, to, like get to it. Like other oh, women kick ass, but then all the guys who kick ass are coming out next. It just really irritates me because it's this entire idea that a woman at Comic Con for the perception of what Comic Con is is that there's these nerd guys who are picked on forever and they have certain things, but now tides are turned and they're just as exclusive and start tearing down more people and they're incredibly misogynistic. Like it really irritates me that they can't. Not all of them, but that they can't spend the time to look and see that there are two sexes and women are just as strong as men in a different capacity. Whether it's physical, which isn't usually the case, but mentally, there's a reason that, I don't know, just like stuff like this bothers me because it's dudes that just want to get to like the killings and stuff like that, but women in media and women in film and women in music is very important and we need to we need to stop it's like these men equal rights thing I don't know it's just I love these panels for the message they give out but I also hate the, I hate these panels because I get really irritated with the, the reaction to them yeah it just bothers me like it's an hour of your life to try to understand media better and to have interesting characteristics and something that and as much as I like hearing Chris Hardwick talk to people it's like always asking it's like so how's Comic Con but we're getting like legit for this for the yeah. women kick ass panel you're getting legit questions that deal with things that are that should be more interesting to yeah. people and whatnot. and I love the positioning because it's right before the Marvel panel right. which is obviously what people want to see which I think is very clever on their part because they're, nice. they're forcing you to watch this panel yeah. that should be informative and teaching you things it's like forcing you to fucking eat your veggies before you eat the main meal right. or whatnot. it's like it's very purposely done because it's good for you yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> Ibrahim programmed that pretty well. Yeah. So that was probably one of my favorite panels of the day. Oh, easy. I mean, yeah, in terms of like taking away something that I thought was interesting beyond like, hey, this is a cool footage that I saw. That was easily like the oh, highlight yeah. panel. Most like, of the time, like, footage is cool, but you're going to see it again, but you don't necessarily see these kind of conversations. <laughs> so now, moving on. Good panel. Uh, moving on to the next panel, which is the one that I, you know, I, I, I'm very curious how many people that were not in Hall H that were waiting outside because they didn't get in the first time were able to get into the, the panel because Marvel was at the end of the day, and obviously a lot of people were excited about Marvel. You, there was a time when like people in the back were like really excited. I'm like, well, they clearly didn't spend the night last night. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so yeah, the Marvel panel was next. Kevin Feige or Chris Hardwick comes out. No, back up. They show a giant sizzle reel of oh, all the Marvel movies that have come out so far, followed by a little Guardians clip at the end. So they they get the whole sizzle reel going. Everyone's you know up in their arms about it. Kevin Feige comes out wearing his Winter Soldier hoodie. Um, <clears throat> or Chris Hardwick comes out. He introduces Kevin Feige, producer Kevin Feige, Marvel Marty movies. Yeah, Marty McCarthy. <laughs> um, <coughs> And the, and they're talking about like look how crazy this is this journey has been and blah blah blah. So then they get the Ant Man stuff out. So Ant so they introduce the cast of Ant Man. They have Paul Rudd or no they have Peyton, director Peyton Reed. Then they have Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Corey Stoll, and Evangeline Lilly. They reveal that Corey Stoll is going to be playing the Yellow Jacket, the villain for Ant Man, and uh, Evangeline Lilly is going to be playing Hank Pym's daughter, Something Van Dyke. Helen Helen Van Dyke. Yeah. Um, 
which is weird because some, well, some were saying Helen Van Dyke, some were saying Helen Pym. Clearly, the script is not finished. That's the biggest takeaway. We're still working on this script for this movie that has to come out next July. Uh, that sh- shoots in two weeks. Shoots in two weeks, yeah. And um, I'm very curious what Corey Stoll's hair is going to look like, but that's another story. Um, Peyton Reed was given the quiz by Hardwick to prove that he's a huge nerd, that he belongs here because Edgar Wright's gone. So it's like, well, the, the, audio, the, the applause for Peyton Reed when he first came out was clearly a little bit lower like. than everyone else. Uh, which is a shame because it's certainly not Peyton Reed's fault. Like he just took a job, uh, he, he took yeah, a job. The, and the it, guy who fired Edgar Wright got a huge ovation. Yeah, <laughs> yes, really. It's, just, it's, just, <clears throat> it's displacement. It's like when a dude's girlfriend cheats on him, he gets mad at the other dude. Yeah, and, right. Well, yeah. yeah, he's a piece of shit too. But it's just like well, it's like Peyton Reed. There's nothing. Like, I have nothing against him for taking a job. No, especially I, yeah. and, and I have nothing against Peyton. I have nothing against Peyton Reed. Like I don't necessarily love all his movies, but I think he, he's a, he's a solid filmmaker. He's doing his thing. And apparently, I mean, he's a huge. He's just like he's been going to Comic Cons for 20 years. He's got a lot of knowledge on the Cons. He's built that nerd great as much as you can, Peyton Reed. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they talk. They talk about the uh, you know the involvement of Ant Man. Michael Douglas forgets what he's doing and is re- decides to recite the press notes that he memorized about what his character yeah. is supposed to be. Oh, Michael uh, Douglas <clears throat> is the boss. This is rad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot of like if there's a lot of dick jokes at the Hobbit panel, there's a lot of pop and cherries joke at the at the Marvel panel. Yeah, Michael um, Douglas, as I said, <clears throat> pops a lot of cherries in his day. Yeah. Um, probably now too. He's popping next. I know that. He's got uh, for a reason. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, so they, after talking about Ant-Man, they show they, they haven't started filming, but they show basically another kind of proof of concept piece um, that's based around well, Ant-Man's possibilities. So they show Michael Douglas and Paul Rudd are kind of voicing this thing that they, that was like shot and put together, and I'm sure in a couple days before Comic Con, where you have Ant-Man very small uh, running around. He just like stole something. He's supposed to hop on this giant ant or giant ant compared to him and like fly away. And you just kind of get an idea of what they're going for of Ant-Man, which is fine. Like, did you like the did you like the Ant-Man stuff? Yeah. Um, well, I just like those actors. I, I think it'll be fine. Um, yeah. Proof of concepts are always really cool, but we'll see what the first teaser holds. If that comes out in the movie. In this, I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know how much of the like CGI footage is already done because <laughs> they've been working on this thing forever. It'd be certainly a nice way to have it if they already did do a lot of stuff on it. Is this their Jarkovsky's Doom? Is this, yeah, the, 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 the Jarkovsky's Doom of Marvel movies, Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's a hard pitch. Like, oh, what does he do? He gets really small and like he hangs out with ants. Why hasn't that movie been made yet? <laughs> like, it makes sense. Okay. Um, I can't wait for the sequel, Jodorowsky's Ant. And then they moved to the main event. Yeah, they moved to the main event, which is the Avengers of Age of Ultron panel. Um, so they had the um, uh, they had the entire cast come out, set to Michael Jackson's "Don't Stop Till You Get Enough." Robert Downey Jr. comes out first. He's got a box full of roses. Just starts pulling out, out, throwing roses out to the crowd. Everyone's cheering. Everyone's standing too. Oh, this doesn't was... happen. This doesn't happen in Hall H Radio, but everyone's standing for standing this. Ovation, everyone's stop. Yeah. So yeah, Downey Jr. comes out. He's throwing roses. He keeps a couple roses back for whatever reason. Jeremy Renner comes out. Mark Ruffalo comes out. Kobe Smolders comes out. This is where I would try to remember the order for some reason. Kobe Smolders comes out. Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, <laughs> um, Sam Jackson, Paul Bettany, Paul Bettany James Spader, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and then Elizabeth Olsen. That's probably all of them. Um, there was no Don Cheadle. That's the only one that I. No Don Cheadle, no Scar Joe. No Scar Joe because she's pregnant. Um, but she she introduced something later on that we'll get to. Um, when the women came out, Danny Jr. handed some white roses to them. Uh, and yeah, so they all came out. They're just having fun, and then it just—it was just Hardwick going down the line of asking them about the Comic Con. Ask them each yeah. one question, which is—it took forever. It took forever, and it's fine, I guess, because like they have such great chemistry together. And Danny, oh, yeah. Danny Junior. and Renner seem to be getting along really well. Oh, they were really uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to get a little. Like, we'll, we'll get to this when we get to the kind of the wrap up of Marvel. But I was. Not underwhelmed, but it seemed there was less fanfare than other years. I think with Marvel stuff. Um, we'll get, we'll get. Let me just let's get through the Marvel's Marvel stuff. They, um, they go, yeah, they go down the line. Everyone's talking about how great it is to be working with this team and whatnot. And Joss Whedon wasn't there either because he, he had an injury. He broke his leg or something, like ankle something. Ankle something. So he's still in London or whatever. Um, but yeah, so they went down the line. They got you know, got you all pumped up and everything, and then they they went into the trailer. That's right. They went to the footage. Probably going to be something like it's yeah. They went to a big bunch of footage of Avengers. Looked really dark. Yeah, that was the main idea. It went dark. They they went Scott Mendelson style, dark and gritty. 
Um, maybe some planes to get caught the whole time, but we're, we're go- first off that they had a fun like they they start out this really fun scene of all of them interacting. They're yeah. all like they're playing like they're having a dick measuring contest, trying to lift Thor's hammer, and then they went for the for Majolnor. Um and um, it was really funny. It was really funny. And then uh, what's Vision? Was it Ultron? Yeah, Ultron comes out doing a, a really creepy riff on Pinocchio's I got no strings to hold me down because yeah. we then saw a montage of just Avengers getting their asses handed to them yeah. like every step of the way and you get the well I mean how else are we going to describe this you get to this kind of last shot with like Captain America's shield's broken Robert Downey Jr.'s like sitting down in like space somewhere and everyone's like dead around him yeah that's, that's like, called the infinite that's from infinity yeah so one of the storylines and it looked creepy <laughs> I like, dude, and Ultron looked creepy too like the this version oh, of him was like a, the big thing from the sizzle reel they revealed uh, full Thanos the full thing yeah I, I hear this is part of Guardians it's, oh is it yeah here's oh, yeah this, yeah <laughs> They feel, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so they showed Avengers stuff. Everyone was going crazy. Just, just standing ovation all the way. Everyone's just yelling and screaming. Hooting and hollering. Hooting and hollering. But, yeah, James James Spader is a Ultron. It's, a, it's something. It's, he sounds weird, but I'm down. Yeah. Well, he, like, it was because it was like a proto version of Ultron, I'm guessing, right? Like well, what happened, I think what they're doing is that in the comic book, Ultron is created by Pine or Hank Pine. Um, as like a AI gone wrong. Yeah. So in this one, I think they're just making it. I think Tony it's Tony Stark's doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. he looks like a broken down Iron. Iron yeah. Mech, like, yeah, he does. Mech suits. So and then all the other mech suits come out. So I think that Tony's technology backfired on him, hmm. and now reap the consequences. There was there was a scene in the in the footage where it was Hulkbuster Iron Man fighting. The yeah. Hulk. So those giant Iron Man armor just so it can take on the Hulk. <laughs> so I don't know if it's. Ultron controlling that armor, or if the Avengers are real pissed at Tony and they're going after Tony, that's a way to look at it. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of speculation of what's going to go on. Regardless, and no, this is something that fans don't do and speculate. Yeah, so yeah, especially when they can't see footage for another year, like, it's not going to help. Um, and then that was it. Well, that was almost it. What was it for one thing? That was almost it. Uh, they cut after uh, that whole cast left. The, uh, the Kevin Feige just said, "No, we're gonna cut to uh, see what James Gunn's up to." So James Gunn and Chris Pratt had a little pre-recorded video where they based the idea was that they're gonna announce Guardians of the Galaxy two and their release date. But they're kind of playing it very cool as if they didn't know they were being recorded while talking about the idea of announcing this thing, which is funny. They have good chemistry, obviously. Yeah. They're having a lot of fun. And then they did. They announced that there's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy two. It's been greenlit. It's coming out uh, uh, July two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. Um, Uga Chaka 2. Um, no subtitle yet. Just had, they just like, they didn't have, they, Uga Chaka 2. Uga Chaka 2. They didn't even, they didn't even have like a, like a, a, a logo for it yet. They just had the Guardians logo with like a 2 scribbled on it with a date next to it. Was it Iron Man 2? Like I, 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 see, I, did, I, did, I did see it for uh, Iron Man 2. Yeah, Iron Man 2, which is Iron Man. And, and then, then just put it 2. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. But yeah, uh, so that was the end of the Avengers panel, which led to a, then a mass exodus of Hall H. Um, so my gripe, not gripe, I guess the way to put it, but the past couple years, like when Iron Man three was coming out, Tony, uh, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. came dancing no, down. He, is Tony Stark. He, he came dancing down the aisle way, wearing an Iron Man glove and singing with uh, uh, Lionel Richie, yeah, um, and it was it was like super fun and everything. And then last year was Loki, like Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Like in character, doing like Shakespeare in Comic Con, like just addressing audiences and his, con- commanding the stage. It was amazing. This year didn't have any of that. Yeah. It didn't have that. It didn't have any announcements for anything besides Guardians Two. Like I thought we were gonna get like a full slate of what this what Phase Three or was at gonna least be. Doctor Strange casting announcement. Any kind. Of, there was no casting announcements. There was nothing. None of that. Which is, it's a. It you know, disappointing. It's disappointing. disappointing. I mean, you're waiting out there for a long time. It's not like it's not. They're not obligated to tell us anything. No, like no. it's not that. But at the same time, it's like you just got what you expected. And Comic Con, if one thing, is known for its surprises. Yeah. And like you knew the cast was there. You knew Avengers coming out. So you know you're going to get Avengers stuff. You know you're going to get Guardian stuff, obviously. And uh, and Ant Man's the next one after that. So like you got those two, and then nothing else. So yeah, nothing. Given that Marvel's you know an empire at this point with all the different movies they have lined up for the next ten years with the Netflix shows they have coming. Yeah, nothing on Netflix. Shows. Definitely on Netflix shows. Nothing on the Netflix like, shows. Like you figured there'd be something to be going on there, but and people were all like, because it's a competition, everyone's like, I don't know, DC's going to outdo Marvel or whatnot. 
kind of think DC and Warner Brothers won it. I mean, wow, they only showed the footage <laughs> But I mean, I think Warner Brothers over Mar- in terms of panels as a whole. Oh, Warner Brothers as a whole. Warner Brothers as a whole. I think they kicked Marvel's ass. I mean, like I, nobody was like. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, I don't know. People are obviously excited for Avengers. Like, I'm not going to yeah, say... And that, was, and that was very cool footage. Like, I'm not going to deny that whatsoever. Yeah. But, I mean, I can't, I, as much as I like seeing the Avengers footage, I've seen an Avengers movie already. I haven't seen a new Mad Max movie in a long time. <laughs> and I haven't seen Batman face off against Superman before, as little as that footage was. Like, I've never seen Jupiter Ascent either, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um... So, yeah, that was... Uh, that was all H... Uh, for Saturday, we didn't really. I didn't do anything else Comic Con related after that. I just hung out with a lot of. Uh... Oh no! I went to dinner and then I went to the Suicide Girls burlesque show. Oh, cool! Was that fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I was hanging out with a lot of the uh, some of the friends of the show, like David and Tyler from Battleship Pretension, a lot of uh, folks from Slash Film and First Show, and just all the bloggers were hanging out and so I got to talk, yeah, we're yeah. basically basically doing this podcast but with seventeen people instead of two. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Um, I mean, regardless of like quality or minor disappointments or what have you, I was certainly very happy with Comic Con. I had a lot of fun for these past two days. Yeah, camping and stuff. Not necessarily ideal, but it's the kind of thing where I'm only going to do this here, and I don't regret the experience. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun involved seeing you know seeing a lot of people I don't see every all the time. I see you know I'm not, I'm not even going to be able to see Alan anymore <laughs> for for a while. Um, so. I had a good time this year. Oh, yeah. I still have more to do. I'm still trying to trying to wrap this up so I can get back out there. Yeah, <laughs> right. no, I gotta go. I gotta go. Um, it's Sons of Anarchy today. So oh yeah, cool. I know you're a big Sons of Anarchy fan. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's just it's cool. I mean, my voice is gone clearly. Yeah. Um, hooting and hollering. Uh, I got a really nasty bug bite when I camped out. Like it's gross. I'll show you. Yeah, yeah. I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah. Uh, it's just big and red and pulsy. Um, and then you have a bug bite too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um. So yeah, I don't know. It's cool, and I, I don't, I don't know. Every year, I always like, I don't know. I think it's my last year, but every year they bring me back in. So it's a fun place to. I mean, I say this all the time. It's like Comic Con, such a fun environment, especially if you're you know you're there to be there and not there to be like crossed arms negative about like I hope this impresses me. I'm there to just have fun. And like I'm seeing things that no one else is gonna see, and I'm seeing it with people that all want to like the same thing that I like. And if I'm not seeing said things, it's because I'm waiting in lines of people that want to say the same things that I like, so I'm talking with them. And that's fun to me. Yeah. That's a fun experience. My favorite part about Comic-Con mostly is it it's a rumor killer place. Yeah. yeah. I like it because all the fans will speculate and say things and just to say things. And when it actually happens, that's that's like, okay, cool. That's what happened. Can you shut up about your speculation? <laughs> I'm just of the school of thought. I think I've even done this one on out, out, out now where it's like, oh, this is cool, but I don't really want to judge it until I see it. Yeah. Um, which many people still do. I mean, you get that Wonder Woman image to think people will, you know, stop complaining about Wonder Woman. Then there's nothing but man. I can't believe one. Like, it's such a like. She has split ends. I can't believe that we're not getting a Wonder Woman movie. Now we have Wonder Woman movie. I can't believe Wonder Woman's not better. Like I don't. You can't please anybody with this. Like, and the, why do you think DC's not making a Wonder Woman movie? Because all you're doing is bitching about Wonder Woman. <laughs> like, yeah, DC's like, I don't understand. Like, I, 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 Marvel, Marvel, Marvel's used to comic fans just like complaining about everything, but still giving them their money. Yeah. <laughs> but Marvel's like, oh, they're complaining. They might not give us. No, they're gonna give you their money because it doesn't. Like that's another thing. Like these these people just need to understand that it doesn't matter what you say. You're gonna, you, you know you're gonna watch the movie because you can't not. There's no way that Green Lantern would have made that much money if you didn't go. There's no way. You guys complained about it because you all saw it probably twice. So, just like Spider-Man 3, one of the most hated films, and it made so much money. But, you know, that's my thing. Even X-Men Last Stand made a lot of money. Well, people liked X-Men Last Stand. Did it? Oh, last last, I heard Doft in my mind. Everything I hear is Doft now. Um, Anyway, I think we can wrap it up. I think we can wrap up this this Comic-Con recap. Part two. Um, I don't expect a part three unless we do something really cool on Sunday, <laughs> which I doubt. No, I'm probably uh, not saying much longer. So. <laughs> no, I'll fly over to North Carolina. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Alan, thank you very much for joining us, joining myself to do these recaps. Where can people find more of your work? Uh, I have the Angel, uh, the WordPress blog, the Angels in the Queen City. I should be. We'll wait. Well, I might get another writing gig, so we'll we'll see about that. Very cool. And then um, I'll I'll mention that probably next time. Or cool. Maybe Aaron will do it. Yeah. And then um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, it's A L D O underscore R A Y N E. Um. Yeah. 
So that's me for now. Yeah, and of course, Aaron's PS4 on Twitter, thecodazeek.com, and you can find all of Out Now on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Outpodomatic, whatnot. And yeah, that's going to do it for this bonus recap Comic-Con episode. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you, Alan, for joining me. And that's going to do it. So until next time, so long, and goodbye. Bye. Excelsior. Excelsior.